This will be track 14. That was, doesn't make the cut, man. Oh, I know. Well, we'll see. That's not your best work. See what the editor does. That's a B-side. <laughs> I mean, I can beef it up with a little bit of EQ, put some, oh. put some low end in it. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be on the box set, really. Yeah. Some flange. Yeah, my, my diehards are really going to like that yeah. one. Um, it's like, well, it shows his progress as a burper. <laughs> I like his work later on where he started to go off mic. <laughs> the off mic. Oh, man. Slight burp. Phase. I want to have, a, I want to have like a sketches for my sweetheart, the drunk, where it's all these half finished burps. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop halfway through. The weird. Uh, no, one. I wasn't feeling that one. I wasn't feeling. Listen all y'all, it's a sabotage. 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 This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed and hard enough to be in the Triple J Hardest 100. My name's David James Young and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mike D. Hey, <laughs> that's me, that? I guess. M- MCA. That's that actually. actually yeah, works. that works. And Adrock. Nice. Ah, Very well just, done. I'm the problem here. <laughs> I don't I'm... fit in our Beastie Boys tribute act. That's okay. I'm Mixmaster Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, very How do you think I feel? <laughs> <laughs> sorry to hear about your loss. Yeah. Yeah, the, lo- loss. the loss of yourself. Yeah, oh, sorry yeah, to hear about our loss. loss. Of he actually yeah. was my favorite Beastie Boy as well. Oh, he was everyone's favorite. He was the best. Uh, How do you choose? It's tough, isn't he has the it? Best voice. I couldn't choose a Beastie Boy. Oh, it's like choosing your favorite child. Easy. Yeah. It's actually, like choosing actually... your favorite Beastie Boy. <laughs> <laughs> favorite member of the Beastie Boy. You, you, you might have a slight. I can't, I can't compare it to anything. <laughs> you might have a slight indication as to what we're Sophie's going to be choice, talking about maybe today. Wow. Well, um, Can we bring this back? <laughs> I'm not going to bring it back, but I am going to have to unfortunately bring it down. We did start this episode hype as fuck, but uh, we are entering the top 20 on a... Objection, editorializing. You know what? <laughs> Overruled. It's Dave? Nick Barker. Uh, it's a song called Time Bomb. It came in at number 20 for whatever fucking reason. It sounds like this. Editorializing is balls. <laughs> yeah. I've been sweeping the leaves out of my driveway. I've been living a good life up till now But the basket weaving and therapy sessions Are barely enough to dampen obsessions, man I've been taking a cold bath on the L Well, that was Time Bomb by Nick Barker. That came in at number 20. 
in the 1994 Hottest 100. And uh, Nathan, yeah, it looks like you have very little to say. I, do you? Look, I, I am I correct in in saying that David's uh, vibe is everyone's vibe? Well, I don't think it's awful. I don't think it's bad. I'm not even indicating it's that it's awful. Yeah, like I'd fine. be like, oh, fucking, ugh. like this is just like, oh. I think this it was, happened. I think it was good to be reminded that, oh, this is an Australian countdown, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I really didn't have a problem with this song. So so Nick Barker has, uh, at this point, been around for quite a while. Uh, his band, Nick Barker and the Reptiles, was sort of late 80s, and this is him doing solo stuff, obviously still with a band. Or uh-huh. I honestly think this is pretty fine. It kind of feels like he's in the same general territory as your techs, and even your other Whoa. Nick. Like, that's, and it's a bit of a stretch. And he's yeah. definitely not as good at them. But he's doing the same sort of darkish character, singer-songwriter, very troubled. And just like, it's, you know, the music is fairly dark. It's stripped back and it's it's not as good. I'm not saying it's as good as The Cruel Sea or as The Bad Sex. <laughs> this is not a good way to start what is now going to be your final ever episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You don't see that? You don't. No, like- I'm with you with the text comparison. Absolutely. Mm. It definitely recalls that kind of beast of bourbon. Yeah, yeah. And and I think even at this point in the Bad Seeds career, Nick has... He's his own thing, obviously. I'm not, I'm not saying that the, both Nicks are the same by any reason. But I, I think they're shooting for a somewhat similar aesthetic in terms of this dark Australian singer-songwriter, very broody and, and all it's, of that. It's Australiana by Southern Gothic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I think there are some some good lines in there. I, the the worst line for me is the the title line where like the walking yeah. ticking time bomb that like oh, that's yeah. a dud mm. and should not have gone in there. There I are think some stinkers in the. The rest of the chorus when the well, chorus they can't kicks all in, be zingers, as you've taught us. <laughs> when the chorus kicks in, I think it's great. I really like. I think it's the electric piano. I'm really bad at picking instruments. Yeah, the, the piano like, hook is pretty good. Whenever that comes in, I'm like, yeah. yeah, the chorus is nice. The verses are like stripped back, and I I think they work. I think that I've been living a good life until now. Like it works as a refrain. It's not the most enlightened lyric or whatever but it fits the mood that he's building and I don't think this is a terrible song I don't think it's an amazing song but I think it's pretty fine I'd probably give it like a C minus I think it's a pretty crappy song that I, it was difficult for me to remember I listened, I listened to it again this morning just to like in preparation because I was like what the fuck is that one it's what I can't yeah, right? it's okay like, it's just it's middle of the road generic guitar rock I am definitely with you that it's shooting for an aesthetic comparable to your, your Texas and your Caves but, uh, I did I, not get that at all. I, not, 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 not in quality. To me, this sounds like Hunters or like Weddings Parties Anything or something right. like that. Hoodoo Gurus, perhaps? Sort of, I yeah. Get a, I get a bit of a hoodoo. I, I, could, I could put it at like the halfway oh, point. Nice one. The halfway point reference. between 80s pub rock and then that, you know, Australiana via Southern Gothic. That kind of feels where he's at. Like he was in an 80s uh, Australian rock band and now he's doing a solo career yeah. at a time where the Black Sea and Nick Cave are really big. I think phrasing it as an Australian gothic puts it in a rather good light. And I think you're being very... You're, you're presenting it very well by you doing that. You think I'm that. being too generous? You are being oh, pretty generous here. 500%. Well, I, like, I didn't have a problem with it, but then everyone... like well, Some people are very, very down on it. And I was like, I, I just didn't think it was that bad. Look, a lot of beef comes from the fact that we are where we are in the countdown. That's I true. This you... did beat Mathar. How? The injustice. injustice, Yeah. I legitimately believe there was some sort of clerical error (laughs) where number like 87 or 86 or whatever the fuck got swapped around with number 20. This would feel a lot more appropriate at that end of the countdown. Like, I think if it was there, we wouldn't wouldn't bat an eyelid. It'd be like, yeah, of course, this song is here. It's. This sounds like track seven on a two disc compilation called Rock for Dad that you pick him up for Father's Day because you've forgotten to fucking buy him a fucking present that is that's the <laughs> lifeless limp dick dad rock <laughs>
You you purchased it from a Seven Eleven. Yeah, twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, you you buy your price. Yeah, these are always so expensive. Damn, yeah, yeah. like you know that like, like it's I, so much... I got it at Brashes, so I yeah. don't know where you guys got. Your... <laughs> the fuck is Brashes? You buy you buy oh, your you're dad too a... young. You wouldn't remember. You, you buy that deck of smokes, and you know that you shouldn't. But he like he, he he gets some pleasure out of it. So who are you to criticize him? And sure, <laughs> he he likes kind of generic music, but whatever. Mm. He he works hard. Dad, he, he can relax sometimes. It's killing you, Dad. You need to stop, Nick Barker. It's killing you. Dad, mum's worried. Yeah. <laughs> she sees you in the shed listening to Nick Barker. She yeah. just wants you to come home. You go on those long Nick Barker walks. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just going to buy some Nick Barker. I'll be back soon. Oh, no. Honey, not again. He came back humming the piano refrain from Time Bomb. Oh, it's my like God. like he wasn't even my father. Oh. Anyway, so, Andrew, I don't hate guitar rock as much as you do. I don't think anyone does. But <laughs> I'm sure someone would. I'm sure there's someone way hipper than Andrew out there, like way more underground. Let's probably. not paint me as this fucking like. <laughs> dude. You are like the hippest dude in this room. This is a character <laughs> on my character, which I do not abide. The character assassination of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us have been myself, trying to be the hippest person in this room. Myself included. <laughs> like I'm the least hip person in this room. Stop assassinating yourself. Now that job is taken as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just in the middle. This Agent 47 of character. (laughs) (laughs) Deej decides what is and what is not. Ruling the room today, man. It pretty clearly goes you... No, don't, Andrew. don't, don't, I don't want to Then know. you, <laughs> then you, Wait. and then Nathan, and then me. I'd rather That's be the hierarchy w- of hipness here. I'd rather be at Watch one end than back, in the middle. Watch your back, Andrew. I'm gunning for number one. <laughs> Watch the throne. Watch the throne, man. <laughs> okay, so to start with, I'll say, yeah, it's, it's reasonably good pub rock. That's the way I'm going to phrase it, and people are going to interpret that however they're going to interpret that. If you're, it's pretty clear. If you're more along the line of the Andrew spectrum of things, you're going to say that's not a very high praise. Um, you know. But if you're more favourable to pub rock, then it's going to suit you a little bit more. But what gets me about this song is I feel like what is attempted in his mission statement in writing this song, because I found some stuff that he'd, he'd, um, he'd written about it in the, in the composition of it, and this is inspired by reading about a killer in his neighbourhood in the paper. Some some creep who, you know, killed some woman. And he kind of wrote it as a there by the grace of God go I kind of statement. Mm, right. And but the way he's kind of phrasing it, this comes through in the lyrics as well, is that he was let down by a system that didn't care for him or whatever. And it's I, I don't get that sympathetic vibe coming through in the song. In fact, all I get from the song is this kind of too cool, too rocky kind of thing. And I think what he's dealing with is essentially some really dark stuff, but it's dealt with in, in a kind of way too cool way. It's not like, you know, Nick Cave writing Red Right Hand or whatever, or, you know, like, or any any of the stuff on murder yeah. ballads, you know, which is all about killers and stuff like that. You know, it's not Stagger Lee. But what is? Nothing. <laughs> nothing else is Stagger Lee. It's just, it's just kind of some pretty confronting lyrics. Like the chorus... Um, I've been sweet, I've been good, till I, you walked on home through my neighbourhood. Something about when I grab your hand, I won't let go. Like, when you read that, that's heavy. Yeah. But the way it's presented musically is just kind of like rock tropey. And I think it's done in a couple of other rock songs as well, where it's just like, I'm going to talk about something hella heavy here, but I'm just going to, it's just going to be a rock song. And that to me just feels, is, it feels weird. But it's, it's, that, that to me is a pretty good summation of a lot of Australian rock, particularly from the 80s and early 90s. And yeah. I, I think the Cruel Sea and, and the Bad Seeds do that as well. Again, this isn't as good as that, and sure. this isn't doing it as successfully. Well, but I think that kind of like 
dark, cool loner who is breaking the law. Like, you know, he's the outlaw. That's that's like at the heart of Australiana. But it's but and it's not rock. but it's not like, you know, he's not a renegade or a gangster, or whatever. He's he's killing a woman walking home. Like it's not See, cool. it sounds, like, it's it, predatory it, and it's in the same vein, like the way you were describing it then, the first thing I thought of was the Rolling Stones brown sugar. It's the lyrics of that really? are not in terms of quality in, in the slightest. Or even so, or not, I love that we keep after prefacing not in yeah. terms of quality. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in terms of anything other than the fact that it's about something that's shit and awful but disguised in a rock song. Yeah. Because, Which I, and because I, that's bra- weird. Bra- Brown Sugar is an incredible tune, yeah. but the lyrics are just racist and misogynist. They're, yeah. they're like, and you, you, you can't argue against that. Exactly. And I'm not, I, I guess I'm realizing with this song, like, listening to the song and, and analysing this song has kind of opened me up to that a little bit more mm. and it's kind of made me go that doesn't sit as well with me and I think partly because it's dealing with mental illness which I have some pretty strong feelings about like it's talking about you know like oh, I've been going to therapy it's not working you know it's, 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 it's so shallow and blasé about mental illness and, and murder in a way that doesn't, I don't know, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable to the point where I disconnect from what's going on with it in terms of a rock song. Sure. Personal reaction, maybe. No, I think that that's a wonderful reaction, and I think the best thing I can say about the song is that analysis, because that was much more interesting than the song was. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think Nick needs to give you a call just to, you know, spice up his songwriting a bit. It's just like, (laughs) you've clearly got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Fucking give me a couple of pointers, eh? That's what I assume he sounds like. You know, our album has been coming a long time. Oh, yeah. The, uh... (laughs) The co-op between Bunch and, Bar- and Nick. Buncher and Barker. Yeah. <laughs> Buncher slash Barker. Yeah. 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 And it's just a picture of you two looking off longingly into the distance in separate directions on the yeah. album cover. On the beach. It's going to be <clears throat> fucking dope. So listen out for that shit. You'll be able to buy it from uh, 7-Eleven or whatever the fuck Brashes is? <laughs> How do you... Uh, it was like Retrovision. It's like a yeah. ye olde appliance store in the early 90s. And they sold My CDs dad used and to work tapes and shit. Really? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Brashes. Only brashes. 90s kids will understand this. <laughs> and Retrovision. What happened to Retrovision? Well, go the extra mile That's the biggest for you. retailer of electrical appliances. Not, well, the, not, not the retailer so of the biggest electrical appliances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be a great store. Wouldn't that it? Was, that was the, that that, was for the ads. That's the ads. They made that joke. Really? Yeah. yeah. Good on them. That's a great campaign. There was a dude like, with a massive iron. <laughs> and his wife's like, oh, I saw oh. the biggest retailer of electrical appliances. Not the retailer of the biggest electrical appliances. That's great. I pay that. I'm sorry I didn't shop at Retrovision more when I had the chance now. You could have saved Shout them. out to Retrovision. This is on you. <laughs> number 19, this is Underground Lovers with Losing It. That 
was Underground Lovers at number 19 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Losing It. And that's losing with an apostrophe in lieu of the G. So you know we mean business. Bunch no, of- don't mean business. We're just, we're, we're feeling too much to bother to put the G on. <laughs> It'd take too much. It'd take too much. We've, mm. we've got a lot to deal with at the moment. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. In this song, absolutely. Okay, Is so it- uh, we've talked about Underground Lovers once before. Have we? Have we, we have. I completely forgot about it. It was a song called Your Eyes. Was it last oh, year? I oh, it that? was, indeed. Mm. Oh, did we like that song? I, I, uh, I, I don't remember it. Sort so, of. You know. uh, I think we said it would work best in a movie starring Ewan McGregor. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, oh the Ewan McGregor song. Why didn't you just say that? I watched one of those last night. Which one? Train Spotting. Oh, nice. Excellent film. It's, it's hardly typical of, of like, latter you day Ewan. Ewan McGregor <laughs> had the reverse of a career, tra- like, a good That's career. True. He started it's off with these experimental roles, and then he divulged into Star Wars and even further garbage. Yeah. I I'm have to sure. ask. Beginners was really good, though. Mm. Beginners was really good, mm. though. Uh, so, we'll uh, back off uh, this episode of Ewan Talk. and um, We get could back- talk about Ewan all day, oh. clearly. <laughs> Spewing about Ewan. <laughs> wow. Oh. Now we have to make that podcast. (laughs) Let's worm our way back into this podcast and let's talk about underground lovers and let's talk about losing it and losing the G. Yeah. As I said, because we're feeling too many feelings. So basically, I think what I came up with here and I think the math works out is it's the go-betweens and New Order getting it together and creating this. This is, if I was to compare the two sounds that have been mashed together here, that's really what I'm hearing. You've got that I'll wonderful that. airy... Yeah, thanks, man. You've got that wonderful airy synth. You've got that beautiful layered guitar. There's some wonderful, very shiny, very bright textures coming through here. There's a lot of space. There's a lot of air. Uh, there's, a, there's a certain sense of melancholy, but it's not without its hope. It's not without its um, its revelry inside of that melancholy. It, it enjoys the melancholy a little bit here. I think there's a lot of great stuff going on, and I think what's really interesting is how in tune with modern Australian indie it is. Like it, it you reckon? It sounds like it's from the '90s, but I think that sounds come back around again. I even hear a little bit of uh, Number One Dads in oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like anything of that kind of ilk, that kind of more that indie that leans more towards adult contemporary without being adult contemporary itself. I think it does really well there. I mean, the synth hook is wonderful and it grounds it all as being a really, as a, as a pop song. And the chorus is way, way too catchy. Mm. So it's, it's got that. But these guys were, were mainly hanging out with the shoegaze crowd. Interestingly, yeah, uh, that's right. At, at this time, they toured with some really, really big names in that kind of thing: uh, Ride, Primal Scream, New Order, The Cure, My Bloody Valentine. They were associated with all these massive acts at the time. Whenever they came here, Andrew, like fucking hell, this is staggering. Considering how what, how not into this song I was, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah. right here. It's 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 good that you mentioned uh, Number One Dads, an act that I find overrated as fuck. That surprises me. I would have mm. thought you really liked Number One Dads. No, yeah. not a fan. Yeah. Not surprising. Uh, not I love him. Yeah, I'm I a think fan. yeah. Not only yeah. Yeah, like it, it, it just coincides like with the song. very steady so decline of Big Scary for me, huh. um, who I thought made some incredible f- early EPs. You've and mentioned them to me many times. Yeah, um, yeah their good. first album's quite good, and then the last album they put out was dog shit. Hang on, which one was that? Uh, the last record they put out. Yeah, what was it called? I can't fucking remember. But it's, it's called the last record is it, they put is out. It, is, it the, is it the first? It's not Not Art. Yes, it is. You hate Not Art as well? Yeah, not up Some awful. weird opinions out left field from DJ Way. Yeah, I, and this song is a fucking snore, I th- isn't it? I thought, yeah, I oh. thought this song for like for every, so to me this boring. was to me this was a counterpoint to every like generic nineties guitar rock song we've spoken about. This is like the generic nineties electro rock song word, we've spoken about. Word. No. I think, yeah, like 
The bass yeah. is energized. It's got that disco beat. No, it's, it's, really, oh, it's it just really sounds like watered down French pop. That's oh, what I thought, it sounds I thought the like. singer was garbage as well. He he's sounds just, half asleep all the fucking time, and it's just like, oh, that's kind of cute, but I, actually, it's kind of. Yeah. I think he's just not a singer, like in the same way that, like, and, and not in a not in a way that, like, is endearing, like Leonard Cohen or Jim O'Rourke. I just don't think it's good. I just really, yeah, it's definitely time capsule. It certainly mm. sounds like it's from 1993 or four yeah. to me. And like, but like the beat, the instrumentation, the lyrics, the fucking a man's gonna do what a man's gonna do bullshit. Oh. Like, no, I really did not enjoy this one bit. I thought it was just absolutely m- mildling. Nothing. See, I think yeah. the vocals come from a point of view of, of more the DIY underground indie kind of mm. thing, where they're they're not good or not perfect, at least as form. Uh, yeah, that's I what still... I'm saying. I, I understand that form, like your yeah. Collins and your O'Rourke's, like I said, but I don't think this does that. I just think no, it's no, not no. A I, it's, it's, I think it's different to that. I think it's Ow. doing it in an indie context is different to doing it as a, in a kind of Jim O'Rourke folk way. Folk way. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's 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 there, but it's less energized. It's still felt, but it's felt at the expense of technicality. Yeah, there is so you, there is a difference. And I think and I think the reason that I say that is because I get an immense amount of feeling, an immense amount of emotion, mm. uh, and dare I say, narrative even from what the singer's doing here, even if I don't necessarily get the notes bang on. Hmm. Who is Jim O'Rourke again? Uh, he's a American. Is he from a band or is he a solo dude? Solo. Yeah, yeah. right, right, right. I was trying to think eclectic. if he was like the lead singer of a band. No, I was just no. like, fuck. Yeah. Um, so, Underground Lovers were like a pointed effort at making music that sat between the whole synth scene and the guitar scene. They're sort of like trying really purposefully to be a meeting point of those two styles. To do what Tism did so well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, who isn't trying to do that? I'm on the drug. But at this time, you know, like early 90s, that's I think still like a fairly relevant thing to be playing around with. Um, And this album, which uh, was their third was a conscious effort to dial it back a bit, which then maybe makes a bit more sense in terms of them touring with other people if, if their other stuff isn't quite this chill. Um, and the, the, there's a quote uh, from the singer saying, you can be subversive and confronting by softer means. That's even more powerful than being smacked over the head with drum rolls and guitars going the whole time. I don't think they're being particularly subversive or confronting in this song, but that album, that was the goal for that album. So, you know, I can't speak to the rest of the album. I'm and, with Adam, though. I really like yeah. this. I think the production lets it down a little bit. Like, it just feels a little flatter than it could be. I think the flatness works. Mm. Maybe, I mean, who knows what yeah, it could yeah. have been. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, but I think it works enough kind of texturally that yeah, I, don't, I, I don't... I enjoy the song. I think it's, I I think think it's, it's really, nice. I think yeah, it's right. really nice. I, I am yeah. very, very surprised that there was conflicting opinions on this. I, I, I was yeah, right. almost certain this was going to be everybody in Team MCA. <laughs> Ad rock begs to differ. I have a nice little dream where this band and Populate itself and Def oh, FX come on. all no, get on no, a train no, no, and no. they fuck off forever. Hey, Jesus. look, Populate itself have some good songs. Shut up. I've mentioned this before. <laughs> More like Populate <laughs> How can you compare this song to those tracks? He's not. He just doesn't like them. I'm just talking about things that have fucked me off in this season. This fucks you off that badly. It's pretty fucking bad. I just don't even know how you can get angry about it. I'm not angry. I'm just fucking (laughs) bored. It's shit boring. Your your board is very aggressive. Well, there is music that is aggressively boring. Some music just gets all up in your grill and like, hey, couldn't you be comatose? This is just taping fucking beige over my fucking eyeballs. I That's do what feel this that a bit. Uh, to me, like, because no- nothing about it sounds that original. It, it sounds like it's recycled. 
Mm. Of recycled, of recycled. I'm gonna recycled. do. I'm gonna do uh, Andrew McDonald cover. I am drenched in this song, and I am bone dry. <laughs> All right, mates. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing else in the countdown so far has sounded like this, really. Unless I'm, you know, there's a lot of songs in this countdown. Hundreds, surely. But <laughs> eight thousands of them. You could never count them. <laughs> Countless songs in this countdown. Yeah. I, again, unless I'm really forgetting something, I don't think anything has sounded like this. So I don't know how you can say that it doesn't stand out. Or I think. I think just because. Well, I burped to, a to couple me, it of times on this podcast. Like, so it sounds. <laughs> in the same way, like like I opened with saying that this is the electro rock counterpoint to the generic '90s rock. To me, I'm not trying to convince you to say no, that no, you're no. wrong here. But well, I, that opinion me, has to come from somewhere. To me, it just doesn't fucking sound like much of anything not, not in the sense that it's bad I don't think it's awful yeah. I, I just don't think it's much it was a grower for me I will say that much yeah yeah so that's, a, that's, a, that's a concession that I will give is that the first time I heard it I thought eh. but then I gave it a little bit more time and I mean I, I hear dream pop a little bit in this yeah way, right you huh. know um, so I, I, to be honest I, I, shock, I, I, I wish I did pop in the sense yeah, that I'm like, fucking asleep for most of this song <laughs> <laughs> Sleep well. But I think there's something to be said with songs like this uh, and and Mr. Barker before this, um, like particularly Australian songs that we don't think much of. These guys were touring all the time in 1994 and that like people have a very different opinion and like I think that's a, that'd be a big part of why these guys are in the top 20. It'd be very interesting, and I like this is like you time capsule everything that is noteworthy to you as a person and you attach it a certain amount of nostalgia to all these things. But I'm really curious to see what we will look back on. I'm all, I always love, I love playing these little games in my head where you look at what's happening at a moment that you're currently in and knowing in the future people will look back on this. And I think a classic example. Not, the, not like because they're a billion times better than anything we've spoken about, but Royal Headache, everyone like on Royal Headache as a moment in time in Sydney. Mm. And people who weren't there for Royal Headache will be like, Yeah, I see Royal Headache, they're really good. I'm like, what are you talking about though? And it's like, You weren't, like, you simply weren't there, and we yeah. simply weren't here. Well, I, I was, I'm not there for Royal Headache at the moment, like, I don't, you've, oh. you've missed it, it's done. Well, I saw <laughs> Sofiane Stevens at the Sydney Opera House for Vivid, and this was the night after Royal Headache played. And it was great because as we walked in, the usher took our tickets. This is Sufjan Stevens. This is very important. So the usher took our tickets and went, yep, cool, just in there. No stage diving, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? This- because you know that like, the, the latest album of his is just such a rager as well. Yeah. Like, it's his most, yeah. Exactly. And the second I- he plays Eugene, I just bust out the air horn. <laughs> I said this to her. I said all this to her. All these things that we've just said, I said to this lady, and she's just like, well, you know, there was last night. So, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Music is like that. (laughs) Just overall. (laughs) At the end of the day, rock and roll really is the devil's music, isn't it? It just brings out the worst in people. Why can't we just listen to good old fashioned, like, underground lovers? Yeah, just listen to nice music. Something calming. Underground lovers. Exactly. Editorializing. At number 18, this is Green Day with Longview.
in the 1994 Hardest 100 with Longview. This is what we want from the top 20. This fucking is what ass. we want from the top oh, 20. Oh, now we are talking. I'm wide a fucking wake right the fuck now, my friends. <laughs> like, after two major snooze fests leading us into the supposed hottest end of the fucking <laughs> countdown, now we've got big fucking guitars, one of the best fucking bass lines, and that fucking amazing like tom roll into that unbelievable oh when that kicks in pop punk heaven that's what this song is the hero of this song is billy joe's voice this song would be a pale pale imitation of itself if anybody else sang it it is pop 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 punk par excellence because of him yeah but no 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 everyone everybody slays everyone is bringing their fucking a game on this song i think to elevate one element more than the rest is doing it how could you choose like dave uh, you know articulated it's like choosing your favorite beastie boy (laughs) it really is you know the bass is ad rock the drums are just so mca (laughs) you know oh god treckle's dead oh no (laughs) This this is a terrific song. Like I fucking it is. I feel like it'd be easy just to transplant our conversation about Green Day last week, but oh. it is a terrific, terrific tune. And the fact that it, it channels the the boredom of the nineties oh. so well, and yeah. it permeates the song, and the fact that the chorus is the only bit that's really like quote exciting. Not that the verses aren't wonderful to listen to, but they're mm. not exciting. Yep. And that that plays into the whole thing of nineties boredom, and the fact that the song. I love how dissatisfying the ending is. It, like it just it, it, it just goes and then, oh, it like, just fades out. Yeah, just like, well, that's it. Just, it. It just goes like, all oh, right, I guess that's it. And and that, yeah, that's that, perfect. Perfect for it. It's yeah. Perfect. This is this is it sums yeah it sums up all the great things about Green Day at this point. Just bong ripping, jerking off, like no they're motivation. Not, they're not Blink One Eight Two. <laughs> <laughs> they were very parallel. Like. That's, I don't think they're as crass. I don't think they're as They definitely ripping. could be. I think yeah. They definitely could be. Well, they use the term masturbation as opposed to any of the other plethora yeah, yeah, of terms yeah. that you could have used for that. Oh, yeah. Around this time, um, Blink-182 put out Eminem's, which had the song, There Are Only So Many Ways That I Can Make Love With My Hand. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah you know. Everyone's jerking off. Everyone just has their own, their, their <laughs> yeah, own methods. Yeah. But importantly, these Speaking guys... Speaking of jerking off... <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> hey, Lamau. But importantly, these were the guys that said that they were on radio and instantly ingratiated themselves with the college crowd and became the Green Day that we know. Like, that's yeah. the fact well, the that Green they... Day that we knew. They, yeah, then they yeah, became, yeah. like, Arena Rock Green <laughs> yeah. Day and then we we're like, get fucked. Yeah. No but- one likes you. <laughs> In, it, this is what did it for them. Like yeah, exactly that that kind of attitude and 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 this kind of again real heartfeltness, real honesty, real good intentions. Like again, it's it's sympathetic. It's sympathetic to the state of sitting around your house and feeling apathetic. A real state, much like feeling intensely paranoid and anxious. It's another one of those songs. It's 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 again going back to my argument about how Green Day at this time in Dookie is absolutely for the children. Does it? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe this is pushing it a little bit far. But I actually think that the what happens musically in this song also is kind of masturbatory. Not in the terms of it's not it's not prog rock. It's not like Dream Theater and that you know that's a wank. <laughs> but it's you know like it's kind of it starts just kind of fumbly and noodly. 
builds up to somewhat of a climax, goes back down, builds up again. The song in itself, in terms of its dynamics, is almost you, chronic masturbation. You, you can yeah. definitely yeah. write. You, you, you could write that that reading of the song, but I, don't, I did. I, 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 I certainly don't believe that that was intentional. I I, I think it's nifty. Yeah. Can it's, I say that? I yeah. think it's yeah. nifty. It's nifty. That's yeah. nifty. That's yeah. In, in our ongoing world of the author being dead, that's a perfectly fine reading. <laughs> I of the kill song. the author every week, yeah. man. <laughs> man, can we stop speaking ill of Trey Cool? All right, he just died. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. He For was me, so cool. Some might even say very cool. <laughs> the French. Cool. <laughs> I want to be cool. What I really like about this is um, that it grounds the boredom in place. Like, obviously, the title Longview is, is his hometown. Like, And that's so important, I think, connecting that sensation with where you are. And, and it doesn't it's not specific enough that it's exclusion. Like yeah. for anyone else, but like you tap into that and it, it, it's the boredom of a hometown. It's not the boredom of not doing anything. It's like, mm. oh, I know that. And everyone knows that. And their target market still lives with their parents at this point. So they all know that and they feel yeah. it so much. And I think that that's really important. And the best line by far for me in the entire song is my mom says to, to get, get a, a job, job but yeah. she don't like the this one. Beautiful she, line. Oh my, like... It's all, it was all of a sudden the apathy is justified yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and it becomes a generational statement and not a generational statement that's gone away, mind you, but a universally generational statement that every child has against their parent and every parent has against and their child. And you know what that reminds uh. me of? The Beastie Boys in Five Year Right to Party. They bought conscious smoke Which. and Manny says, no way, that hippy, that hypocrite smokes two packs a day. It's but that, like, that was ironic. I know yeah. it was. <laughs> I know. But at the same time, I'm, I was just yeah. drawing a fucking parallel. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know. For me, this song... I'm, I'm in a mourning process at the moment, okay? Like, fucking... <laughs> uh, just, just let me have my moment, Trey. Oh. <laughs> this song, for me, is all about branding and, like, just completely solidifying the Green Day brand. I think I prefer Basket Case to this song. Uh, in terms of the two that we've now talked about. Oh, it's hard to pick, though. It, they're both very good. I'm not it's saying... Like that like I'm <laughs> But, like, obviously, just the start with the bass and toms. If you're in 1994 and this comes on the radio, you know in half a second that you are listening to Green Day. And this is the lead single from Dookie. Like, that is such a strong lead single. It's so Mm. clearly identifiable. You don't have to wait till anyone starts singing or any of that. But when he does start singing, it's even more branding. The fact that he says paradise. Yeah. Like... That like again, it's like it's Green Day and it's only Green Day, and everything about this song tells you you're listening to them and and nobody else. They're like so themselves hey, Nathan, in this song. How would you like to manage me and Nick Barker? Because <laughs> I think you are right for the job. <laughs> great, great. But I just think like it's it's so like this being a lead single, particularly like it, it's just so branding. Like everything yeah. about this is like, hey everyone, here are here are all the things you need to know about how to listen to us. Yeah. Um, which which Basket Case did a lot of as well, but it's just like in terms of breaking pop punk out into the mainstream, this is perfect. Boom. Yeah, yeah. And as, as, I? as I mentioned last week, I do think this is like like all pop punk. It's better to view it as pop than it is punk because yep. that, like compositionally, like is like the most watered down version of like a punk song you could possibly have. But like, it's a very good pop song. And then that amazing bit where the um, I've got no motivation, like it just comes out of nowhere after like. Yeah two verses and two choruses and you're just like oh yeah you know I, I've got the feel Again, of this song and then a massive the fucking brilliant backing vocals of yeah, Mike yeah. Dunn and you just get this massive sing-along bit that like you know the second time you hear that song you you can sing along to that like mm. the first time probably like it, it's huge and, and that's so important in terms of the structure that, that just sort of it seemingly comes out of nowhere 
There's this huge crowd moment. Mm, indeed. Speaking of Mike Dern, interesting uh, little story and trivia that comes through the song is that uh, he actually came up with that iconic bass line when he was fried off his brain in his own words on acid one evening. And he just started playing the bass line and in his own words thought it was the most messed up thing that has ever happened. <laughs> um, but the thing about it is that it was a classic thing where he woke up the next day and went, oh, what was that bass line? And he just, and it spent, it took him ages to try and get back to the point where he thought, and again, only by approximation, that it, that was the bass line that he played that night. Um, but again, it was in response to the shuffle drums. That, yeah. um, that was that was what he was trying to match. Like, that's where the song started. They knew they wanted to have that from the beginning. So the way you, Nathan, picked apart the layering and the way it comes in seemed very much to be mirrored by what was happening compositionally at that yeah. time as well. Also, I think Paradise would be a great name for a pear-flavoured fruit drink. Or a great name oh, for fuck a, that, uh, or a that would, ha- that would have to exist. Sure, or a pear review podcast. Oh, God. Mm. Ashy pears. What other pears do I know? <laughs> God damn it. Mm, very very crisp and sweet. <laughs> <sighs> They're like a middle ground between an apple and a regular pear. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ask what other pears there are? Yeah. Pack them. Yeah, pack them. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Your, cla- your, your classic <laughs> yeah, generic yeah. pears. Your everyday <laughs> pears. Pears. pears are way better. I worked in a fruit shop for eight years. I, like, I've got this, guys. Are they, the, are they the brown ones with the thick skins? No. What are they? Garbage pears. No, they're good for cooking. That's the colloquial Oh, God, I can't even remember... That's terrible. But no, Nashi pears, they usually come in the little um, uh, sort of foam trestle packets <laughs> to, to, to protect them. Yeah, they're so delicate. They're, and they're quite round. Um, Are they they're, soft? They're, they're, no, no, they're no. crisp. They're uh, very much the halfway point between a pear and an apple. Welcome back to Toot Your Fruit with Nathan <laughs> it's Harrison. Called paradise. <laughs> it's called Paradise. <laughs> Welcome to Paradise. Is it specific, but is it specifically about pears? Yeah, like, just pears. We don't oh, talk about other fruit. No. That's for the other podcast. There, there, there are enough pears being released weekly that we can just talk about pears. <laughs> a pear cast. Hey, hey Lamel. Uh, okay. R.I.P. Frank Edwin Wright the Third. I'd invite you guys to be on the podcast, but it's important that there's only a pair of us. So, at number seventeen, it's Stone Temple Pilots again, and it's called Interstate Love Song. Number 17 in the 1994 Hottest 100. Uh, that was a little song called Interstate Love Song. Adam? Okay. Where do we where do we go from here? We mm. I, I feel I feel like I feel like we said everything that we needed to say about STP last kinda, time around. I, d- I don't know. What, what what can we say this time? Well, I kind of disagree that we've said everything that we need to say because I think one of the biggest mysteries 
of this countdown has been the appeal of Stone Temple Pilots. It's something that we've grappled with sure, every okay. single time a Stone Temple Pilot song has come up. It's this kind of like, third how one can overall? anybody like this? Yeah, it's just, well, I mean, like... I how, can, how can anybody no, no, give no. a shit? No, yeah. people can like it, but, like, the fact that they had, like, obsessive fans and the fact that they, you know, had huge, like, charting singles and mm, were playing, like, yeah. these all these massive shows, just like, fucking really? How can anyone be passionate about this? Good yeah. call, yeah. So I'm glad we get to talk about this song because I feel like, at least for my own working, we've arrived at somewhat of an answer. Right. Because far and away, this is the best Stone Temple Pilots song that we've talked about. Agreed. To the point where I actually pay it as a song. I think it does something that is not necessarily for everyone, but it works pretty well. It's got some very, very solid hooks, both in terms of its instrumentation and also in terms of what's going on with Whelan's vocals. Yes, they are very, very my friendy, um, but, you know, that comes with the territory. He's he's going to do that. And I, and I still think that the harmonies in there push it to a point where it still becomes, you know, pleasant to listen to and not too much towards what repels people away from grunge, especially looking back on it now. I, I get this idea of this song kind of being suspended in air. That's the kind of feeling I get, the way it kind of dips. It's got these little dips in it, and it's just, uh, it just kind of, you know, bounces a little bit. I, I think the energy of it is really nice. I think the bass work is phenomenal. I don't know if you guys have, have, have listened to it with a clear ear on what's going on with the bass. Uh, Robert DeLeo, who's the bassist from this band, it's it's phenomenal work. Like, it's it's just kind of, it wanders in exactly the right way, but it's still grounded on the notes that it needs to be. It's, it's a stellar example of how bass should be played in a rock song, especially in a rock song like this. And listening to this track almost crystallizes what was going on in the other songs for me. It's kind of like, right, in the spectrum of grunge... If you don't have the energy for Pearl Jam, if you don't have the the will to listen to the huge textures and uh, darkness and atmosphere that Alice in Chains brings across, if you don't have the, the feeling uh, that's in need of catharsis that you get from Nirvana, but you still want to connect to grunge in some way, if for some reason you don't want to listen to Chris Cornell being Chris Cornell, which <laughs> I don't understand... <laughs> Uh, then you go to these guys and you've got something that kind of sits in all the same tropes that you would get from those other bands and within that same spectrum, but it's light, it's got the pop hooks, it's got the pop sensibility, and it scratches an itch that I imagine grunge fans at this time would have needed scratching. So I get it. Stone Temple Pilots, I get it. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't go crazy for it, but I think this is a, a pretty good song and I can understand why people pay this band when I listen to this track. So Noble Pilots, I do not get it. <laughs> this, to me, I, I, I can't even differentiate this from the last Noble Pilots song. I oh, think, really? Yeah, this is just more like, I hate being the guy that David, David thinks I am when I, complain, <laughs> when I complain about guitar rock. The coolest guy in the room, apparently. Yeah, this is, man, like... Nothing apparent the, about it, mate. It's as real as the streets. Songs, so you say. Songs like this are obviously tainted by the imitators of the voice and the sound. But there's something to say about criticizing the spark as well, as I enjoy doing. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is just fucking more typical Dubro cock in the hand post grunge. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just imagining fucking Scott Wheeler. Don't imagine that. Don't, with his dick don't, out. No, don't, don't do that. It's not that the song is terrible, but the song. Existing as it does is terrible. <laughs> what do you? 
the, the fact the fact that the song is loved is terrible. This is like this okay. is like this is right. So, like uh, this just copy and paste what I said from every other suitable pilot song we talk about. They're fucking nothing. They're just a generic load of dude bro garbage, and I fucking dislike them immensely because they're loved, not keep, because like the the song. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> He's almost there. Oh. 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 Uh, nearly at the station. Must, um, must we, David? This is. <laughs> there's nothing incredibly terrible about them, but it's just so generic, that, and the fact that people love them so much makes me hate them knee-jerk reactionarily. Oh, <laughs> oh cock in hand. <laughs> I dislike the Sonable Pilots. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna get the towel. I'll be back. <laughs> um, I also dislike the Sentinel Pilots, and I don't have any time for guitar rock but i think in terms of in the world of stone temple pilots this is a good song yeah. um i like what you said wandering i don't want to say meandering because i think that's too negative no no, no it's it's, it's but, got purpose but yeah. the whole song i think it like it just the tempo works better than the other stone temple like they're not a they're not pearl jam they're, and they should not try to be that's it yeah this, that's what I'm this saying. is yeah. just like a big like it's a big song, and and it happens, and and the those moments of lightness, like before the riff comes in every time, those you know yeah. very brief pauses, it it works, and I think you know his vocals suit this better. Absolutely, than, that's a good call. Than a, a faster tempo trying to be a really like big heavy riff rock song, um, mm. like yeah, this I, I'm not interested in this kind of music, but I think this song is cohesive and and it achieves what it's trying to do, and I. I think it's much better than the other Stone Temple Pilot songs that we've talked about. It is, but at, like when you think about those songs, like it at, in the in the grand scheme of things, that's not saying oh no, that much. No. Again, I don't like STP. I don't <laughs> care for this music, but I I get that this song works at what it's doing. Okay, yeah, I can see. <laughs> I can't I, even I, remember the other songs we've talked about. I, I don't. I. <laughs> I don't even know if I can fucking judge any of this shit anymore after I had made my big douchebag revelation a couple of episodes <laughs> yeah. ago. Which I've still had people inquiring about. I'm just like, I'm not showing you the fucking playlist. <laughs> oh, is this, has, has the douchebag playlist become sought after now? A couple of people were just like, I really want to know what else is on that. And I'm just like... No, you don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> you got a bargaining it, chip now. It, it gets worse than Creed. <laughs> How? Oh, you'll find you don't out. Want to know. Actually, you won't. You'll never find <laughs> out. Because it's my goddamn playlist. This probably wouldn't make it on there, though. I don't know. Like, no. it's 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 fine. It's not. It's not gross enough to. I, I assume not. Yeah. You know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen the yeah. playlist, but it's. Mm. It's no. It's no dolphins cry. There's not enough, know? my friends. Then again, literally no song yeah. is the dolphins cry. No. That's why we don't play this at the top of the hour every hour. <laughs> yeah. If a station did do that, they would go out of business very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins Cry FM, however, ratings uh, through the roof. Yeah, yeah, it's going very well since we started that off. The, yeah. the, our radio station, when we play Dolphins Cry at the top of every hour, it's, uh, it's charting very well. <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, uh, the whole station is generated by Ed Kowalczyk's tears. I didn't actually know that. Yeah, it's eco-friendly. Yeah. We, we, get, uh, we get subsidies for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty beautiful, man. Mm. <sighs> but look, I don't think that Stone Temple Pilots warrant that much more of a discussion. Like, That's fair. I, uh, beyond what you've already put out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean... You being Adam. Yes, hi. For those playing at home. 
Um, we don't get to talk about them again, at least for this countdown, do we? This is the last time. Yeah, I think well, cool. so. Well, cool. I mean, I think this is a good final chapter for yeah, Stone Temple Pilots. I, We've at least arrived yeah. at a point where those who are seeking for meaning have found at least something that can explain their presence here. And we're still at a point where none of us really get into it so much, but it, 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 it makes sense. Like, it's not going to yeah. keep us awake at night. Yeah. I, I, I feel anymore. like Stone Temple Pilots are... Are who they are in this song, whereas yeah, other that's, songs is just a bit more nothing. That's it. That's it. All right. Finally, Ooh. finally something to love. Why do we bother talking about all these other songs? Are you ready? At number sixteen is the Beastie Boys with Sabotage. Number 16, that was the Beastie Boys with my fucking sabotage. MCA, get on the mic, my man. What What is there to say about this song? This is perhaps the best song from what is probably <laughs> no, my no, no, favourite no, Beastie Boys album. This is the best song yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Ill Communication is probably my favourite Beastie Boys album. But I think most Beastie Boys records work in a kind of weird way. They each have a handful of like stone cold bona fide classic singles tracks. Things like, in this case, Sabotage, and from also from this record, Sure Shot, which is just wonderful as well. Nice. Um, and you can. Then, and you won't. And you don't stop. <laughs> um, they, but then they all have a series of, not meandering, but like interlude songs that may have guest vocals or just have a, a weird chop and screw feel to them. And they kind of all work as long, cohesive pieces. And they're all very great. But Ill Communication remains my favourite, not exclusively because of Sabotage, but certainly this helps. This song <laughs> is too perfect. Ad Rock's voice is the one that is the most, I guess, nasal and perhaps grating of the Beastie Boys vocals, and I love that. But it's funny that a song featuring him exclusively on the vocal performance is one of the band's biggest hits and most loved songs. There's nothing about this song that does not work flawlessly. The crazily perfect rift, courtesy of the incredibly dearly departed MCA, we can mourn him forever because that is a serious, serious we'll be loss. Mourning him a yeah. lot longer than Trey yeah. fucking cool. I'll yeah, tell you what. And, and it's important to note now that Trey cool, you know, like if you if you are if you are not up with current events, like MCA is actually yeah. dearly departed. <laughs> this is, yeah, that, 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 that is one of the biggest losses of the 21st century's musical of yeah, because super they, fucked yeah. kind of cancer, like like saliva gland yes, cancer yeah, or that's some right. shit. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it looked like he was on the mend. And just to meander off slightly, because the Beastie Boys' final album. Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. Yes. Is a terrific record. Yeah. It's really Some wonderful. really weird and cool stuff and going on in that. I, I'm not super familiar with all of the Beastie Boys discography, but I get the impression that a case can be made for pretty much all of their albums. Being terrific. Almost. Yeah. 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 Apart from the first one. Which one? License to Will. No way. 
Yeah. Oh, License to Ill is regarded as one of the the Stone Cold classics of early hip hop and 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 music in the eighties. Oh, to me, they start with Paul's Boutique. Is that right? Yeah. Which is generally considered like at the time it was like really groundbreaking. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. It's, uh, did, it's did, an did amazing it's, record, but at the same time, like critics yeah. hated that album at the time. Out. Yeah. It, well, it's since it's since become regarded as really groundbreaking for one sample of, work in particular. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the, it's the sample delic hip-hop record. Yeah. Well, um, hey, ladies, man, enough said. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Nonetheless, this song, like, and I think one, a wonderful thing that I love about the Beastie Boys when they, because they started off as a punk band and like, it's like, it's like try as they might, they could never quite escape the fact that they were a punk band and the fact that this is a yeah. hip-hop song featuring live guitar and drum work from the band themselves, not yeah. like sample or other musicians brought in. It's, 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 it's three dudes playing a song and yeah. it happens to be a hip-hop jam. The lyrics themselves are so much fun, and the structure of the song that, it, that, that the fact that at the two third mark it goes quiet again and it oh, comes back in oh, is that, too that, that too perfect. It only, comes, yeah. it only comes back so they can scream. Yeah, and it's like, so perfect. That's wonderful. Yeah. Do you, you, you were talking about how like they're just like three dudes who you know stumbled upon this in- incredibly beautiful thing. Yeah. Did you see that the Rolling Stone cover that featured them uh, in the eighties or whatever? Three idiots create a masterpiece. That is, that is precisely so great. what it was. And it's just... The, I no, think- I, I reckon... I legit reckon Beasties were the smartest dudes in the room sometimes. And oh, no, one, fu- no yeah. one fucking called it. Especially MCA. He became yeah. like such an intelligent and interesting dude. Like, and like, he's, a, he's a great director as well. He yeah, was yeah. a great director. Uh, yeah. He worked under the alias Nathaniel Hornblower. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the best Beastie Boys songs, like... The, like I've said this about a lot of songs. The best things leave you wanting. That's why I hate encores. The best things leave you wanting more. And I always want more of this song. It's just, just long enough. Mm. It's like, it could be longer and I could listen to it forever, but they know that I want to do that. And there's, I could gush about this song endlessly because this is, I think if you don't like this song, there is seriously something dead inside of you. Dead inside of you or incredibly different between us. If you can't love Beastie Boys Sabotage, we're very different people. I, um, Listen to this song in preparation from this podcast. Coming back from getting drinks out sometimes, as you so. do, you got to crank it when you're drunk. Yes. Man, I was a little bit buzzed, and I was walking home, and I was on the street, and there were hip hop arms happening. Yeah, yeah. it has you to know, be. You know the ones where um, it's like you're throwing a card. Yeah, it's the like Beastie that. Boys hip hop arms when you're are like perfect. Trying to blow out a candle with yeah. both your <laughs> arms, or like you're, you're just like a. Like a bird, yeah. You're trying to well, fly backwards. You're yeah. like a pigeon doing gust. The, yeah. yeah, the best. Beast- <laughs> when you when you pushing away someone, it's like no, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Yeah, Well, the and Beastie Boys do it themselves uh, the best in the Check 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 Out video oh, when they're walking dude, down when the street. Just mugging, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that makes me pull those hands is an automatic, you know, Hell massive yeah. tick. And this Hell is yeah, oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely crazy. Hell party yeah, song. fucking right, son. I love that shit. I discovered the Beastie Boys when I was seven years old. I saw the video for Intergalactic and it blew my fucking mind. I was inseparable from that band ever since. And they are still, to this day, an act that I have all the time in the world for. Anytime that someone drops Beastie Boys, I will lose my mind and do my best impression of all three. Yeah. They are one of those bands, like when you mentioned the video for Intergalactic, they're one of those bands that have just an incredible filmography. Yeah, 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 Their yeah. Their music videos are also wonderful. And yeah. the video for this, like, I don't want to be that guy that just talks about the videos for some, oh, on, but, on, but, on, but, on a video, podcast. Like, this, this is, is, a cl- this is Gondry, isn't it? Uh, Jones. Jones, Sorry, yeah. Spike yeah, Jones, yeah, 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 same yeah. crew. Yeah. Who, um, Spike Jones, for the people who don't know, now big, big Hollywood, like uh, where the wild things are, being John Malkovich. Yeah, more importantly, being John Malkovich yeah, and yeah. 
adaptation and her. Yeah. I think you'll find more importantly, Praise You by Fat Boy Slim. Praise You by Slim. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Sabotage. And, and goddamn all, motherfucking Sabotage. And all, Sabotage. And um, also, I believe, the Christopher Walken dancing. D- yeah, uh, yeah, Weapon yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Weapon, Weapon of, of Choice. choice. Yes. yes. Amazing. One of the greatest, film, one of, one of the greatest pieces of the footage. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. video for um, Maps by uh, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Good point. Um, yeah, like, he's dude, a great untouchable. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And he like, slays it here. Oh, yeah. I, the thing about the Beastie Boys is that they are a cross-generational act. Like... Kids in the eighties were getting into them, like through "Fight for Your Rights" and "Hey Ladies," etc. And then kids in the early nineties would have come across "Sabotage" and shit like that. Later, Intergalactic. And then, yeah, I got on board with Intergalactic. And then there were even later kids that would have gotten on board with like "Triple Trouble" and "To Check It Out" and shit like that. And even the one of the the incredible "Fight for Your Right" revisited video for. Um the Hot Sauce Committee Part 2. Oh, yeah, with, like, mm. all, with all the, the cameos in the and world. everybody would, like, that's the thing. All those, I guarantee, all those celebrities in there weren't just doing it to be in a video. To no, they would have jumped at yeah. the chance they, to be in that. Who wouldn't want to hang out with the Beastie Boys for a day? Yeah. My God. Yeah, like, I, yeah, and so part of that was incorporated into the Make Some Noise video. Exactly, uh, yeah. And uh, the, there's the line in the song, open up a restaurant with Ted Danson, and then Ted Danson appears! Yeah. That's the thing, but that line is a reference to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. How many hip-hop bands make obscure <laughs> references to Larry David's like show after Seinfeld? They were, Fuck all, that's they who. Were, they were so wonderful. I miss them so much. I, I hate knowing... I'm I'm not going to hear a new Beastie Boys song. It's so awful. But how much do I pay the fact that after MCA died, they went... Okay, That's it. Where yeah, they, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, they clearly knew what they were and their appeal and whatever, and they yeah. knew that if they were ever going to try and do anything without MCA, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. The band is a miracle. Yeah. You know, like, Three Idiots create a masterpiece. Three nerdy Jewish dudes mm. changed the face of hip-hop. Yeah. And, and not only change the face of, of, of hip-hop you know, continuously throughout their career, but in a stage where kind of uh, hip-hop was still pretty young. You know, we're talking 86, 79 was when we had Rapper's Delight, so recorded hip-hop. I think, yeah. I, should, I think it's really important to differentiate mm. between recorded hip-hop and hip-hop. Sure. But recorded hip-hop is, is not that old at this point, and they are doing License to Ill, and it's not what hip-hop really was at that time. It not only brought hip-hop to more accessibility by bringing rock influences into their yeah. sound, but it also combined rock and hip-hop. Like, that, 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 that's kind of... At the same time as hip-hop is only kind of trying to figure out what it is, they're, they're expanding that, and they, and they continue to, to do that again and again and again. There's a lot of talk in, like, uh, like hip-hop discussion about, like, cultural appropriation slash cultural exchange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and how Iggy Azalea is 110% appropriation, and... The argument can be made. Yeah, which I will, I will make, and I'm making <laughs> right now, <laughs> and, uh... But to me, Beastie Boys is cultural exchange, you know, coming from that, you know, very, very different background to everyone else in hip-hop and coming up through punk and hardcore and shit like that. And Mm. then learning the ropes of hip-hop and and bringing their own take into that. Like, that is the ultimate cultural exchange. And then they became flag bearers and standard setters for hip-hop. There's there's an incredible quote from Chuck D, who is untouchably... Hip hop, yeah, yeah, he yeah. Is, he's untouchably hip hop. He is untouchably hip hop, and 100%. he had, and he was quoted as saying the dirty secret in the hip hop community was that Paul's boutique had the best beats in the game. Yeah, the three yeah. white Jewish guys, yeah, yeah, were outrunning them. And it's like I love that. Like, for, also for obviously Chuck is not going to be someone to beat around the bush. Obviously, no. Um, and but, <laughs> but, but, but for him to be for just that. frank enough to be like, yeah, you know what, these three pasty white Jewish nerds are slaying it. Yeah, I love Hell that about yeah. him. Because, and I love that about them because it wasn't appropriation because they were creating that culture. They were 
fundamental in in doing that. They exactly. were there with Run DMC in '86, bringing it to the people. Yeah, it's what needed mm. to happen at that time. Hundred and ten percent. Nathan, what's your uh, relationship with Beastie? Is like, well, that's uh, that, that's the thing. Like, obviously, it, this this like song the- is is borderline perfect. It's incredible. I don't really have anything more to add in terms of that. Like, it's just the energy of this song is just off the chain yeah, the whole fuck way through. Yeah. My thing with the Beastie Boys, like I came to them fairly late and then I guess with the Beastie Boys and particularly this song is that I I have never been the person in the room who loves this song the most. Sabotage will come on and one person or lots of people will all sing it together and I won't be part of that. Oh, oh Yeah, no. I know. It's, yeah. it's weird. And it, it's just like, it's just like, I, it's, I think part of it is because I came fairly late and at a point where like, I just, I don't know all the words to, to Sabotage. Yeah. Um, we were talking about yeah. this earlier. Like, you know, you oh. sort of, after high school, you stop learning lyrics to every song that you like, and oh, you start digesting a lot truth? more music and, yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. That's it. So it's just like, fuck, I'm I really love this 25 song. and I still do that. I, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the biggest man baby in this fucking room. But, but you know what I mean? You start digesting a lot more music, and you, you don't focus on it as much as you might have uh, You don't beforehand. listen to one album on repeat. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, Sometimes like, you might, but you also listen to a lot of other albums yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I, I love this song, but yeah, my, like... This is never my song when it comes on. It's always someone else's song. That's this, super um, unfortunate, man, because this I know. whole thing is about, you know, community and party. And, I know. And it's yeah. super inclusive as a sound. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and it, 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 this isn't like... I, I've never felt, like, actively excluded from it or anything like that. No. But it, it's just it's yeah. just a thing that happens. And it comes oh. on, I'm like, yeah, this is a great song. But, like, See, I, but I, I, I'm I, never going to be the one that's like, yeah, and no, get not everyone has yeah. the right... To, to party. feel like this I don't song feel like, is their song. I don't feel like yeah, I don't have absolutely. the right. It's Good. Just, it's just what happens. You've got to fight for your right. I know. See, that's like, yeah. I fought, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's there, man. It's already there. You've got to believe Party it. for your motherfucking right to fight. <laughs> um, God damn. I, I was really late to the Beastie Boys myself as well. Oh, me too. I, I when, had a real... When you come in? To the Five Burrows? Um, uh, after that, between that and Hot Sauce. Oh, shit. I, um, that is like... Not the instrumental record, though, I guess. Um, <laughs> I... um. I, I actually was be- being the white chip on his shoulder guitar rock punk dickhead I was in high school. I was like, oh, look, I, I don't like hip hop. Mm. That was part of who I was because I was a wanker. And despite ongoing attempts of a friend of mine, shout out to the listener, Joe Parro, um, <laughs> to get me into the Beastie Boys, it took me a long, long, long time. And I, I, even when I saw them at the big day out, I remember really liking it, but thinking to myself, but, uh, but I don't really like it, do I? Even though I was fucking having a great time watching them at 2004 or five big day out. Yeah, when I saw 2005. Them. 2005. Um, I remember seeing them there and thinking, fucking hell, that, that is an incredible performance. I, I really enjoyed it. And then thinking to myself, but I'm not going to get into the Beastie Boys, even though it was a fucking awesome show. And I'm really glad I have the memory of seeing them. And then it was yeah, only I, I, years I'll later. never forgive you for that, for the record, that I never get to see BC Boys Yeah, life. and it, it was only coming back to them and finding them later on and being like, holy shit, I really, really love the Beastie Boys. And now I like have all their records and I really, really love listening to them. Like mm. I think all of them have, have a lot to give. That's happy ending, like, yeah, mm. it's Yeah, and I was late to the party, but... I'm so glad I'm at the party. You've just, you've just, yeah. you just, and you've just articulated the difference between, you know, again, another difference between listening to music in high school to listening to music now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you, you don't, you don't have so much of a identity attachment mm. into what you listen to. You're not defined and confined by what you think you should be listening to based on what you think you want to appear to be to other people. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is generalizing and probably fairly optimistic, but as an adult, you are defined less by what you don't like 
than how you were in high school. I think in you know high school, yeah, a lot of high school identities it. are very much built around what you hate or what you know you won't do or won't listen to or whatever, and and that's not as much the case. Which is hopefully the Dungeons and Dragons games you won't play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is not at all to disparage people uh, who in their out life have really connected to a subculture and yeah, and no, for sure. Thing. I think that's what you're saying. Like, yeah, I, I just like I, yeah, I certainly remember being a punk kid like. and being like, no, Radiohead is shit. Like yeah. all of all of this other stuff that Wanky everyone else stuff. is listening yeah. to is shit, and and like. I'd like to think that I don't really have many opinions at all like that anymore where I'd be like, oh, X is X is not for me. Like, yeah. Teverstone Temple Pilots. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, I'm still happy to hate. Uh, yeah, I have no I, problem I, saying things are shit. <laughs> I'm, 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 As this podcast will well document. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm still happy to say that th- certain things are like shitty. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Me, me too. I just, I, I feel like I do less of that now. Yeah. And, and, and make less of a thing of that now. yeah true like yeah. now I'd just be like Stone Temple Pilots I'd be like yeah it's not for me I don't care enough to hate it it's on an individual uh, whereas, basis it's not a principal thing it's not yeah. like I, I oh, wait I I know this is pop music therefore it is bad you know it's not this equals this the yeah. equation has been taken away you're judging things analytically and critically based on what's presented to you yeah I'd like and, to think so yeah well you know that's what you do hopefully that's what everyone does yeah. hopefully that's what you do dear listener dope B-E-A-S-T-I-E That's the way we gotta be That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands Thank you very much for listening The best one ever? I'll get back to you on that one. Join the convo. It's up to you. <laughs> Hashtag join the conversation. Hashtag <laughs> H1s and Ks. No, what is it again? It's not H- H-C's and Ks. H-C's and Ks. H-C's and Ks. I don't know H-C's whether that's... Jesus. Or C's and M's. I like, I like that it's different though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> FBIRadio.com. Uh, thanks to FBI yeah, once again always. for having us. If there is anyone in this room that does not think Sabotage is the best song, speak now or forever hold your peace. Very good. If there is anyone in this room that thinks that, or that doesn't think rather, that Time Bomb is the worst, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, I'd rather listen to it than Stone Temple Pilots. I think my least favourite song was Losing It. Hmm, okay. I can't really, I'm, I'm touring with Nick. He'd be really awkward. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It was the worst. So, I don't know, oh, the Algo STP. All well. right, I've been thrown under the bus on no, this one. No, no hell with it. Nick, mutiny! No, I, I agree with you. Mutiny on the podcast! No, I'm with you, man. We're going down together on that mutinous wreckage of a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. On behalf of Adrock. Yo. On behalf of Mr. MCA. Yo. And on behalf of Mike D. That's me, yeah? Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. My name is Mixmaster Mike. Keep music evil, motherfucker! Keep music boosting. Boom! It's difficult to say my name is and then someone else's name.